0: Welcome back to Who the Hell's This For? Today we are talking The Sting from 1973. This, uh, this movie came to us from Jack at A to Z Horror because we decided, uh, following just another extended period, I say another extended period, it's all one long period of racial injustice and police violence, but uh, in light of the killing of Dante Wright and the killing of Makia Bryant. Uh, basically if you show us that you donate to a mutual aid fund, a freedom fund, or the family of somebody who was killed, uh, please, or shoot us that receipt. And then you can also recommend a movie. Even if you don't want to give us a movie, just consider getting involved or donating or supporting something or someone in your area that can benefit some of these causes. So before we get into the sting, what have you guys been watching?
1: Oh man, we've—it's been two weeks since hey, we're recording. Is that right?
0: Yes. <laughs> Might be uh, three. We're 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 off we're off a week. So it's been it's been a long time coming.
1: Gotcha. Okay, I have five movies I have watched since then. I'll only talk about one of them. Uh, I saw The Hole in the Ground, uh, which is really good. Three and a half stars out of five uh i watched i saw the devil which was a, i am th- pretty sure a rewatch um was familiar with most of it but that is both great and horrifying uh i watched triple nine which i'm going to talk about a little bit later Smoke and aces and i also watched the new mutants the only one i actually oh want to talk about is the new mutants um and what i'm going to say is i gave it two out of five it's a bad movie however i am stoked that they tried uh, yeah. And this is probably, I don't know if it's my favorite two-star movie I've seen recently. That's not probably a great way to say it. But what I will say is that like there are some really cool ideas. And obviously there are five new characters that they tried to portray that had never really seen a lot of screen time or almost any screen time, depending on um, mm-hmm. which character it is. So I love that they tried to do a new thing. Uh, ultimately, they did not succeed and it sucked. But I hope it does not preclude, you know, Disney from exploring more of the X-Men universe. And I will be very happy
0: when they get back into that. Absolutely. I mean, if it's different than the MCU formula at this point, I'm at least going to give it a shot. Plus, X-Men are one of my favorite, like, groups of Marvel heroes. So I'm always down for that. Yeah. Yeah. Riley, what about you?
2: Alrighty, yeah, I have quite a few, so I think I'm just gonna rattle them off. Um, <laughs> let's see. We finished Falcon and Winter Soldier. I mean, Captain America and Winter Soldier. Uh, Sister Act Two, Back in the Habit, uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, The Princess Diaries, Mortal Kombat, Demon Slayer, and Goodfellas. Ooh.
1: Did you go see the new Demon Slayer in theaters? Absolutely.
2: Oh, nice.
0: baby. Yeah, and put a, uh, put a bow on that for right now, because there will be a mini-review within this review. <laughs> Riley's not allowed to review it? Oh, no, it, we, we'll review it together. It's a, <laughs> it's a team effort. It's a review-breathing fourth
2: form. <laughs> team review. Demon Slayer review core.
1: i get that joke (laughs) yeah oh
0: don't worry we'll get to that too jeff (laughs) we'll air all that out in our mini review so i since we have recorded last i watched memories of murder which was uh i think i was inspired to do that because jeff you said you were watching i saw the devil and i had not watched memories of murder yet and had really been wanting to get around to that one and after uh friend of the show turd uh suggested zodiac uh, we i thought it was only fitting to become familiar with memories of murder uh then watch mortal Kombat, which eh, it's okay uh demon slayer then since we were watching the sting i watch jaws because you know get as much robert shaw as i can sure and yeah then another also movie uh, jaws yes <laughs> they steal the shark's life and then uh, also watched Jurassic Park at Screenland Armor last night. Oh, nice. So before, uh, before we move ahead,
2: Riley, what were your thoughts on Demon Slayer? It was perfect. And yes. my second thought was, man, I wish I could have enjoyed this movie with my pal Jeff. God, you know, that's the same thing I thought <laughs>
0: when I watched that movie. I thought, man... I'm really glad I get to enjoy this movie with my pal, Riley. I wish I could enjoy it with my pal, Jeff. And, hey, Jeff, what was the runtime on the phone?
1: I'd say it's over 10 hours.
0: Over 10 hours. Interesting. When I believe uh, Demon Slayer... Uh, if you cut out opening and ending credits, which, I mean, why would you cut out opening? Because Gerenge is amazing. Uh, but that clocks in at about 18 minutes across, what, 26 episodes? Maybe mm-hmm. 25 or 26, yeah. Interesting. So you could have no, used go, that. No, no, no. Go ahead could, and do that math for me. Mm-hmm.
1: How many? <laughs> <laughs> I won't. I won't
0: fall
2: into these tricks. <laughs>
0: either way Actually,
2: yeah. go ahead and do that math tyler we're looking at 7.8 hours uh that's one
0: work day you work from home you can just... <laughs> <laughs> but really i cannot emphasize enough how good the demon slayer movie is and i mean i could even tell people like a specific handful of episodes to watch if they really just want the most basic information to know before going into the movie, but you got to just watch the whole series or all of season one. Cause it's only one season out so far. Absolutely. The whole season gives a lot of heft and emotional weight to uh, what you get with the movie. So I can't recommend it enough. Uh, I went in basically blind um, other than having watched the season and just th- it ripped I got home and immediately spent the next like five hours reading the manga from where the movie left off, and then finished. I I fully read through all of the manga chapters by the end of the next day.
2: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it it it, it just rules. Um, it's the best way to describe it. I I I'm at a loss for words on how to describe. I mean. I will say the one downside to the movie is you have to have you have to have seen the show. Um, yes. Yeah, there
0: the barrier to entry is pretty high on it.
2: But you know, there are it's only it's less than eight hours worth of content to get through.
0: Mm-hmm. It's it's worth your
2: time, So regardless. if you have like a four day weekend, anybody listening? <laughs> um Well I'm at the end of that, so well, You should have told me to watch it before, really. This well, is the first time I'm hearing it. And you'll be done by the time you have to start work in the morning.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Stay up tonight. Make some coffee. Throw on Demon Slayer. Listen at full volume while your wife is asleep. <laughs> She'll understand.
2: It will be fine. She'll probably wake up and be like, what is that banger of a song that I keep hearing? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, man. All right, so let's go ahead. Let's move into The Sting, Uh, directed by George Roy Hill, released uh, Christmas Day, 1973, two-hour, nine-minute runtime. I'm not seeing a box office here, but I'm sure it made a lot of money because this movie is great. Everyone in it is charming, and to give a quick synopsis. Following the murder of a mutual friend, aspiring con man Johnny Hooker teams up with old pro Henry Gondorf to take revenge on the ruthless crime boss responsible, Doyle Lonigan. Hooker and Gondorf set about implementing an elaborate scheme, one so crafty that Lonigan won't even know he's been swindled. As their big con unfolds, however, things don't go according to plan, requiring some last minute improv by the undaunted duo. It's. short. Put shorter, Dudes Rock. <laughs> Dudes be scheming. <laughs> Dudes be scheming. <laughs> oh, man. So I wanted to do something since this uh, this came to us from our friend Jack at A to Z Horror. They have a segment called Beers for Fears. And so if you'll see here, I'm going to go ahead and crack this, get some ASMR. Oh, that was crisp. I've got Crane Brewings if then. Because I feel like this movie requires a lot of ifs and thens. Because if this happens, then we'll do this part of the plan. And there, you know, you got a lot of moving parts and you have to make it uh, fit together. But not to be done not to be outdone by nobody, because I'm the only one doing this. I'm also slipping it into this koozie, because this movie is a dude's rock, the movie, this koozie. I purchased on accident at Jeff's bachelor party in New Orleans years ago.
1: I'm trying to remember why it was on accident.
0: Well, I—I uh, I guess I shouldn't say I bought it on accident, but I spent twenty-five dollars on it on accident. Oh, Jesus
1: Christ. <laughs> It was, Wasn't was it to save the wetlands or something? It was to
0: save the wetlands, and I, I took it up to the counter, and I was like, this is the only thing I'm going to get. I'd be a little souvenir from the trip. Put it on there, and it uh, <laughs> rang up as $25, and at that point, because there was no tag or anything on it, I thought, oh, 10 max. I can spend $10 on a koozie. Spent two and a <laughs> half times that, <laughs> and... Uh, Because I was at that point of the transaction, I do not know how to just disengage and get away. (laughs) (laughs) I am so socially awkward in those situations that it's just like, sure, you got me.
1: (laughs) I am socially unable to disengage from this and not buy this, so I must.
0: You know what? No, I get it. it. It works because they conned me. So it works with the movie even better now.
1: (laughs) Oh, my gosh.
0: (laughs) All right. But, yeah, this movie, uh, let's go ahead and jump into, oh, before we talk about what we like, let's listen to people who didn't like this movie. Uh, So some rotten reviews. Dennis Schwartz of Dennis Schwartz Movie Reviews says, Overrated, overlong, and unconvincing formulaic comedy caper that relies heavily on star power. I disagree. And then uh, from Jay Cox at Time Magazine, Newman and Redford pass a few facial expressions between them and try to cool each other out. If there was ever much of a script, it can be said to have gone to waste. Well, I think your purple prose is a bad review, so listen to that, guy. (laughs) Trying to flower up your movie review? Just give us the facts. Neither of those were really funny. One of the guys lived in Wichita, though, so Riley can go fight him. (laughs) There we go. Saved it. Let it be known that I have never once bombed a joke in my life. (laughs) (laughs) They have all always landed. Because if they start to bomb, then I just explain them and everyone laughs.
1: That's all it takes.
0: What did you guys like about this movie? Let's move on
1: uh so i mean i think this the good reviews and the bad reviews of this movie all still center around this idea that this is like this movie is driven by its cast um and it's so funny because like i've seen paul newman and stuff obviously i've seen cool hand luke and some of his other pieces robert redford is someone who i've really i've really seen mostly the second half of his career Mm -hmm. right like i probably need to do a better job of seeing like early Robert Redford.
0: I do too, um, and I'll, I'll talk about that more, but th- at this point of his career, this is really the only Robert Redford I've watched from that era.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, what I'm so struck by is like, this is not really about the movie, but Robert Redford specifically has looked like he looks young when he's old, and so therefore when I go back and see him when he's younger, like he kind of looks the same. So mm-hmm. I'm like, oh he like looks older in this movie than he's supposed to be, but that's just because Robert Redford has looked like that his entire life. Yeah. Like <laughs> So I did find it a little sometimes, mostly just because I know Robert Redford as, as the older roles. Like I did find it sometimes a little hard to believe like the that Newman was like the senior and like teaching him some stuff, but See, like, I felt like
0: I'll talk about why I felt like him seeming like the young guy actually really worked for me in this movie. But, gotcha. um, okay. but yeah, I, cause I did, I felt like Newman did feel like very convincingly like the like elder statesman of the con men.
1: I just loved, I loved their interactions, oh, yeah. right? Like Definitely. them playing off of each other is, it was fantastic. And Robert Shaw is great yes. as Lonigan, Um, uh, one of, one of the great Irish bad guys, you know what I mean? Absolutely. With his like. And the, I think the the comment about the script being bad is also kind of ridiculous because there's all these like little idiosyncrasies of the characters. Like Lonigan basically like ending any conversation with, you follow, and then the conversation stops. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you understand what I'm asking you to do, and there's no more conversation. I will like say, a,
0: though, I could almost see that being a thing Robert Shaw was just doing.
1: <laughs> that could be. It could be. But I thought that... All those little, like, character bits worked so well Mm -hmm. for, like, building this world that it was occurring
0: in. A hundred percent. Everyone felt, like, very much, like, maybe to the point of potential, like, being a caricature, but everybody felt like a character. Like, everybody had very bold personalities.
2: And I really, really
0: liked that. Like, even the minor characters, like, his buddy that... uh, hangs out with him and uh luther that they're playing dominoes with that mm-hmm. ends up getting in on the con because he just was good friends with luther and he wanted to help get back Lonigan. again he's great his like his screen presence is really fun because he's this weaselly like nervous dude and it just works
1: for like a split second i thought it was william h
0: macy okay um uh, it wasn't, but I, I got that vibe from him for sure So for me, I thought it was Roddy McDowell For like half a second And uh, Roddy McDowell is the teacher who snaps In uh, Class of 1984 He also has a lot of other stuff to his name But that's my favorite role of his
1: Oh, I know who you're talking about, okay
0: The the teacher who pulls a gun on his students <laughs> When are we going to review that movie? <laughs> Or somebody. I just I want know. to listen to some somebody podcast. make a donation and ask us Ooh. to. We'll do it. I'll donate <laughs> and request a movie. <laughs> oh man, really? Just there's so much to like about this movie. Uh, speaking of like Redford and Newman, just absolute hunks. <laughs> just hard, hard to argue. Real beefcakes. Old blue eyes. Oh man, is he ever?
1: It's got a heck of a salad dressing.
0: <laughs> hold, hold on. <laughs> what?
1: <laughs> Newman's Own is Paul Newman. Okay.
0: God, I was like, what is this innuendo It's That's not here? a sex joke. I, yeah, well, I was like, yeah, what's really this euphemism? Was <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Christ alive, Jeff. <laughs> God. <laughs> So how <laughs> I don't know.
1: <laughs> I, forgot right, beer, I forgot this
0: beer I forgot this beer's eight percent.
1: Let's move let's move on. Okay. Riley, what did you like about this movie?
2: <clears throat> um I guess these kind of go hand in hand in a way. Um, one, I I really enjoyed the pacing of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um I feel like every part of the movie was important to the story um and to go along with that i really liked and this is something i i like about tarantino movies i like that it was bi- it was uh put into chapters
0: mm-hmm. um
2: you know you get to i mean, i don't i couldn't tell you what the chapters were at this point but um i just like that when it's in a movie
1: i i did like sorry go ahead
0: um what I was going to say is I liked the concept. I didn't know if I liked how it was done in this movie. And that might have solely just I I wish it had just been like a static title card and not the weird like page wipe or like page turn transition they were doing. I don't know. It's very nitpicky and very minor, but it
1: I was going to I don't know about the page wipe, but I mean I liked the idea that there was these like specific illustrations.
0: I liked that, like, that a part lot. of it. Yeah. If it yeah. had just been a static image, I think it would have worked way better for me.
1: Yeah, but it's like actual chapters. Yes. In a chapter, but it's not it is hard sometimes with these older movies to figure out what what you like because you just like how it organically works for the movie, and what feels like a gimmick because other people have used mm-hmm. it gimmically in the past. You know what I mean? And, and I, I think that's like how I so thought much, about the chapters.
0: So much of this movie are things that other people have done. Yes. And it's like how you were talking about Halloween when you first watched it, how it felt like you had seen so much of it done before, but it was by things that came later. I think that's the same Mm -hmm. way with this. Like the scene where everybody is like tapping their nose to like signal to (laughs) each other. So good. And I feel like that has been done by a bunch of things since. I think that's, Mm -hmm. like, such a cultural touch point, and I didn't realize it even came from this movie. That's what I love
1: about, you know, and not every old movie is great, but the ones that have stood the test of time, like, are so fun to go back to, because you find all these things that you didn't realize existed before, and there's all these things that you can appreciate about, about new movies that you had no idea, you know, had, had been done, or, like, when the first time they kind of appeared, and so... And I'm not even... I mean, obviously, this is 1973. I'm sure a lot of things in this movie exist in previous movies mm-hmm. as well. So, like, eventually, maybe we'll see some of those, and we'll be able to, like, do the callbacks of, like... The Sting was just an evolution of all this other, you know,
0: stuff that done in the 40s and the 50s, mm-hmm. so... Absolutely. Because I'm sure they did, since they set it in the, what, 30s? It was said in the 30s? mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure that so much of it was a love letter to 30s cinema that you know completely has gone over our heads. Some so something I wanted to talk about one uh, camera work and cinematography and the way they frame a shot in this movie oh, unbelievable impeccable so good. Yeah. Uh, there are so really many, good. They they use the full space and the depth of field so well. Because so many times you have somebody in the background who's in half focus, like blurred, but they are so important for you to be looking at, and they haven't drawn attention to that person. But it, they know if you look at them, they are an important part of the plot. Like the uh, Lonegan spotter sitting behind Paul mm-hmm. Newman the whole time. They don't address that, but you know exactly why he's there and exactly what he's doing, and it looks so good.
1: I think there's something to be said about like <clears throat> these old movies that were shot on film mm-hmm. and how so many of them do have those long extended shots or views or pieces just because they're like they're just continuing to roll in order to make sure that they have all mm-hmm. of it and they like don't cut it down. And so a lot of these shots are like twenty seconds long, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. In a movie that's a day that you would be like, Okay, like move on to the next shot Or like it just doesn't i feel like some of those same sensibilities have disappeared from a lot of movies that are made now yeah and this is not an old school new school thing but you and i mean it's just because they're shot on digital and because you can do so many different shots and it's it's much more economical to do you know so many more shots i feel like just the style of those things have led to some of those pieces so i do i totally agree i think A lot of them look like paintings, and Mm -hmm. probably a lot of the really big shots, some of the set actually is painting, but, I mean, some of those things are just such beautiful landscapes, especially, like, um, one in particular that stands out to me is, like, him going to the diner, like, multiple times. Like, those shots are, like, they're, like, it's, like, 200 feet in one shot Mm -hmm. of the street, and you just see him walk from one side of the street to the other, But it's still beautiful. Like it's not boring. Like it works. You know what I mean. Well, what that
0: does too is there is such a good sense of place with everything Mm -hmm. in this movie. Like the world building is unbelievable, and I, I always think it's so cool when a movie set realistically takes time to give you a sense of the world and doesn't just assume like, oh yeah, it's the real world. You know how that is. Like. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood does the same thing and really just lets you live in the world that they're setting up for this specific story. And I love how they do that with this movie. Agreed. The, something about the diner. Is that the same set as the diner in Back to the Future?
2: I don't believe so, no.
0: Because I couldn't tell, but the setup and with the phone booth there, it
2: looked very similar. So so that was the pharmacy and was that the pharmacy yeah okay the diner the pho- was the, the one phone booth. where the where the i can't remember her name um where he would go and he had the meatloaf blah blah mm-hmm. blah,
0: and where she yeah, just the got her that, yeah. brains blasted out by a crack shot yeah. yeah i would like to talk about that a little later too
2: <laughs> just um
0: a good but i don't like I don't 50 yards so. away pistol dead in the forehead with
2: a silencer too <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Riley. No, it's just, I, yeah, I don't think it was the one from Back to the Future. Okay. And but I man, think I might have just wanted about,
0: it to be the uh, set right. from
2: Back to the Future. Something I commented on on that is that farm, it's just like, I saw it and was like, man, would I love to eat at a pharmacy like that. Like, yeah. go <laughs> visit one of those cool old pharmacies that just has like, has everything.
0: That would rule.
2: I'd like to go to one of those without the racism.
0: Exactly, of the 1930s. It's like all of these. I don't t- know, give and, give and take, Riley. You got to. <laughs> it's like all these things. It's like, yeah, I want to. Well, to reference A to Z horror, Jack always talks about wanting to wear a suit and ride on trains, places. But you know, then you have to deal with the whole like racism part of that time period, which isn't great.
1: Um, that that diner though. Just to get back to that one specific shot um It also makes me think, and boy, am I going to send a jackass for not really able to remember it. But you know that fam- there's like a famous painting or a photograph of like at night with the diner, yeah, uh-huh. where it's like through the windows. Like that's what that made me think of—the one you with the I Star mean. Wars
0: characters in it. Sure, that's the only version <laughs> of that painting I've ever seen. I'm very cultured.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna find out what the name of it is, but I, I don't know. Just like there, I totally agree with you. in such a, it feels like a real place. Like, even in the in the beginning, where they, like, pull the first con in the alley, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Or, like, where he's, like, running away from the detective and, like, jumps onto, like, the train tracks and then, like, back up and then off. And I don't know. Like, I just, I, I totally agree with you that you could have convinced me that this was 1930 Chicago. Absolutely. Um, and so I, I do really like that. I don't think I really even realized that that was something that I was loving until we were talking about it.
0: For sure. Also, for the record that uh, that painting is a Nighthawks" by Edward Hopper.
1: There we go. Thank you. Oh, man. Anything else that we liked about this movie that we want to talk about before we get into what we didn't like? Uh yes.
0: Brad Pitt owes his entire career to Robert Redford. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best way to describe Robert Redford's entire screen presence because I assume he has the same mannerisms in other movies and the same general aesthetic. Brad Pitt just did that again. Just everything Robert Redford was doing when he was young. Brad Pitt's like, hey, that looks pretty cool. I'll do that. I'll be that guy. And I love it. It's fantastic.
1: I <laughs> I mean, Robert Redford is so incredibly charismatic there's another movie that I'll, I'll mention later that um did you guys ever see the old man and the gun no it came out like three that was his years retirement ago. movie right yeah yeah right um i mean i feel like you would both like it tyler it feels very much like a you and katherine okay. like a movie you would watch together type of thing i think you would really like it it's basically this guy it's basically like a con man but he's at the end of his career and is like robbing banks basically off of charm like, he just like <laughs> hands him a note and he's like you know i've got a gun and i would like some money and they like hand it back to him and he like handsomely walks off I'll so I mean, he's been do he's been doing it his whole career you know what yeah. i mean and, and i totally agree with you that there are so many prototypes or archetypes not <laughs> jesus so many he sets this archetype that so many people are able to follow afterwards that are just like I feel Incredibly like charming. you could even say
0: prototype away with anything. because he, you know, he <laughs> did like, he, uh, he kind of created, not created, but like him, Paul Newman, those guys, like they did create this whole, they defined the very charismatic, like action star. Hmm. I don't know. I think their, their whole thing is just so influential.
1: I also feel, and I know you mentioned it earlier too, but like once upon a time in Hollywood, like Pitt's performance in that is like spot on Redford. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? like that's, that feels that's him like Robert
0: Redford. Redford. Yes, yes. But I mean, uh, Pitt in Oceans is Robert Redford. Like it's, and I, that's certainly not a knock on Brad Pitt. It's a phenomenal thing. And I'm so glad that we, that we got that and that I was able to watch this movie and see and be like, Oh, okay. So that's where Brad Pitt got his whole thing from.
1: Right. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it takes a lot of talent to recreate what Redford was able to do. So,
0: yeah. yeah totally and great. to like, make it your own and build a career off of it and not just instantly in your first movie be called out for, Hey, I think he's doing the Robert Redford thing. No. riley do you have anything else before we move into what we did not like
2: no i, I think we covered it all
0: fantastic oh all right this this will be shorter for me i don't know about you guys but i only have one thing okay
1: well i have two things one obviously oh, wait, I know no. it's the do you have th- three
0: things no i or only is have it two. four things
1: no i mean obviously like uh, i know it's the 1930s and i know it's just like in place with what's going on you know uh, don't ever love a movie that uses like the n-word you know a ton like this yeah. um it's tough. i was kind of caught off guard by it mostly just because i was caught off guard by it. it didn't seem to fit in like this light-hearted you know kind of romp of a yeah. movie um but i obviously understand it's 1973 it's about a time period where that probably would have been commonplace i mean like understand it but it it did surprise me um Mm -hmm. the second thing was when we were talking about believable characters i totally agree i think everyone is a believable character they're all lovable the only person and i don't think it's a bad performance but the only performance that felt like a cartoon to me was um the local cop um i think it was charles derning like he felt very much like i'm a detective see, from chicago <laughs> yeah. see? like he's he's the only one that i got a little distracted by but i don't think it's anything wrong with the movie i think it's kind of charming but he was the only one that didn't feel like a real two to, like three-dimensional person like he he did feel you know he's just the wisecracking chicago For cop sure. that wants a cut you know, so I don't know. I thought
0: you it was know funny. who uh, that kind of brings me into one of my points, because as we talked about, this is a really great cast, but it felt like something was just kind of missing. There's just something <laughs> missing there. So what if instead of that guy, you bring in, I don't know, say maybe a 29 year old hotshot detective from uh, Chicago, uh, you know, Chicago native with 29 uh, year old Dennis Farina.
1: Yeah. <laughs> as soon as you said somebody's missing, I was like, I know he's going to mention Dennis Farina. Yeah. <laughs> How good City's would he movie, Though Dennis Farina podcast, <laughs> he would have been great. He could have also been uh, Doyle Lonigan. <laughs> well, he, he would have been old enough to be. Yeah, he would have had to
0: be older. But like late career, Farina would have been perfect as well. Long- well, that would have just been his character in Midnight Run. <laughs> I guess Midnight Run
1: that. kind. Of, yeah, Midnight Run is kind of an aspect of the is a version of the Sting maybe a little bit.
0: Yeah, I feel like the these movies are like very very similar. Yes.
1: Yeah. You know I love a a good light caper.
0: <laughs> Something that I uh I struggled with with this movie on on a serious note. Not serious, but a legitimate gripe I have, not me making a joke about Dennis Farina. Uh, did not love the music in this. Oh, really? Yeah. I
2: Because I mean, there was only, get, like, one song, wasn't there? The entertainer.
0: Yeah. It was just the
1: entertainer over and over again. It was again. just
0: the entertainer over and over again, and it's just, like, that tore me out of the movie because it. I know it's light and fun, but there's something about that that makes it, it feels like, it's the joke is the movie and not the jokes are in the movie, if that makes oh, I sense.
2: I don't know. I I feel like they went with a popular old-timey song. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can agree with the choice. You can't. But I feel hearing that, it made it – I thought it helped set in that we're in the 30s. It,
0: it did, but it just it- – And maybe it's because it was so recognizable. It tore me out of it every time.
1: Yeah. So I found a fact about this because I was kind of curious because I assumed I knew the entertainer was a really old. Did they run out of budget and use something that was free? No. What I was saying was like, I know, I know it wasn't written for a 1973 film. Right. So I was Mm. trying to figure out its origins and like what, you know what I mean? So it was written in 1902 by Scott Joplin. Um, and it was obviously like a, like a ragtime classic, um, and specifically returned to like international prominence because of this movie. So hmm. like it was, and it was part of like a, a quote unquote ragtime revival in the nineteen seventies. So I don't know if there were like a lot of nineteen thirties films being made in the nineteen seventies, which you know I guess is probably about right. Like every thirty years, you're making something that feels nostalgic. You have to kind of go back that far. Mm-hmm. So I think the reason that this this song is so familiar to us is partly because mm-hmm. The Sting brought it back into prominence, and now it's like one of the first, you know, piano songs kids learn how to play when they can learn how to play with two mm-hmm. hands. So you know what I mean? So okay, I do wonder if there's a connection a sense. there.
0: Yeah. Um, something something else was and this is again nitpicky because i mean not to give much away for later it's i thought very highly of this movie so i might have just been looking for things to you know really harp on but i if they're pulling together what like 300 guys to run this con 200 to 300 is that what they were saying they were going to need to pull off the wire
1: yeah, but then it didn't look like there's that many
2: people. No, so I'd say maybe a hundred tops.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: But anyway, so even a hundred. This is a pretty well known con. Something very like something that at least a hundred guys are familiar with. How does Doyle Lonigan, a crime lord, not familiar with this <laughs> this con?
1: I mean, I think they mentioned that it hasn't been done for a while. Okay. But, I mean, like, even even if it hasn't been done for a while, like, you would think, oh, I'm about to put a $500,000 bet with people I don't know. Like, you would think that Doyle Lonigan, the banker, the Irish banker, like, would kind of know better. I totally agree with you. It seems like a long shot to get him to um, buy into this. Actually, but.
0: Uh, fan theory... um, I'm making many, like, small references to A to Z horror throughout all this, but uh, fan theory, uh, Lonigan lost it all after that and sold his remaining assets, moved to New England, uh, moved off the coast, and uh, bought himself a boat and became a fisherman. (laughs) Because, if you listen... Robert Shaw says, son of a bitch, in the exact same way as he does in Jaws. <laughs> man, I love Robert Shaw. He was Robert chewing Shaw. scenery
1: in this. It's so good. He was good. chewing scenery in this. Yeah.
0: How many beers per day do you think Robert Shaw was pounding while they were filming this movie? Eleven. I think that's low, think, man.
1: I, I mean, Robert Shaw in Jaws is a beer guy. But Robert Shaw in this movie is definitely like like a whiskey guy. Yeah, right? yeah. He's Irish. Like, don't you think he's drinking like Irish whiskey or Scotch?
0: It's true. I'm talking Robert Shaw the actor, though. <laughs> Got it. I'm I'm <laughs> genuinely saying while filming, how many beers do you think Shaw was slamming in his trailer? <laughs> Alright, I, I, I get this point. Daring uh Daring Robert Redford to jump off the top of the set.
1: <laughs> Do it, you, you coward! Know, I, mean, I, I obviously knew Robert Shaw was in Jaws, um, but I also didn't I didn't realize he's also in... He's the bad guy in From, Ru- From Russia With Love. And oh, he's also yeah. in the original Taking of Pallum one, 1-2-3. One, huh. So, like, I mean, I, I knew he was great, but, like, I just kind of had forgotten that he was in all those mm-hmm. pieces.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I and so I haven't seen Taking a Pelham One Two Three. I need to. And then I'm severely behind on James Bond. So I also need to watch From Russia with Love. I need to watch that. I need to watch the one with Yafit There are so many that I need to catch up on with Bond. I might start doing that soon. Um, At one
1: point they were all on HBO and then I think they got pulled. And then they were all on Hulu and then I think they might have gotten pulled. So maybe eventually they'll come back on I feel,
2: like I feel like they're a paramount
0: oh they, oh, they might could be, be on paramount, paramount. I'll, I'll give that a look this is uh <laughs> this is who the hell is this for talks where to watch james bond <laughs> <laughs> we're just
1: a, we're just like a Letterbox just watch app but we take longer to get there and we're less
0: accurate <laughs> I mean, it's it's a, and uh, we
1: re- and we release two to three weeks after we record, <laughs> so it's usually not very helpful.
0: <laughs> if you were hoping two weeks from now to get the answer to the question that you just had a like fleeting thought about, yeah, then we're your show.
1: You can catch it at the
0: forty-two minute mark of this
1: episode. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you have to listen to the entire podcast to get your answer too. <laughs>
1: I hope they answer it this week.
0: Uh, let me just skip ahead through all this anime talk. They surely won't have answered my question in there. Joke's on you. We throw the answer in wherever. <laughs> it doesn't have to make sense contextually. <laughs> all right. I think, Time's a flat circle. I think we're probably cashed on uh, <laughs> what we don't like about this movie, unless you guys have anything else.
2: No, I'm good.
0: All right, let's go ahead and move into our standout
2: scene. Standout scene, I'm going with the uh, the poker scene on the train. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, Shaw and Newman just going back and forth, um, just chewing up the scene. I, I, I don't think it's a close contest. Not at all.
0: That's also what I had written down in all caps in my notes. <laughs>
1: That's a really good one. It's so funny, to you because New- Newman is actually really funny in this movie, mm-hmm. in, like, a very understated way, and, like, where he continues, like, fucking up Longan's last name just oh, to yeah. fuck with him is so funny. It's such a good bit, and he keeps doing it throughout other... Like, even when he's not drunk, like, he just keeps doing it in yeah. other parts. Right, so, him, him playing, like, an antagonistic, like, I don't give a fuck who you are, like you don't matter to me at all, like, crime boss as part of the con was whole, like so good. Like, such a fun character thing to watch Newman do to, like, slip into that other character within the movie.
0: So funny. And in general, and since since I also thought the poker scene, I want to highlight something else I really liked, specifically with you mentioning Newman. Uh, the very end, the reveal that after he gets shot, and the reveal that this was another layer of the con to get Lonigan out of there. Newman, when he like pops up off the ground and is like reclined there and laughing is so charismatic, like just so charismatic (laughs) and so funny. And you just laugh along with him. You're like, (laughs) good for you guy.
1: I do have, I, I, we talked about the poker scene. I do think my favorite scene is the end because I felt, I felt very dumb at the end of this movie that I was like, I don't know, like maybe he really is going to turn him in, type of thing. Like I, I yeah. didn't think oh, the yeah. FBI I, was. I was totally. I didn't think the FBI was fake. Point. Yeah, I didn't think the FBI was fake. I thought that there would be some way where at the very end they were going to pull some kind of double switch on the FBI. But once the FBI broke in, like I didn't know that they were like a part of it, or, like, what an elaborate... Yeah. Now I understand, actually, when you say that, now that probably is where the hundred guys come in, because then it's mm-hmm. all the FBI guys yeah. who are fake that are part of it, too.
0: And the... I, I have in my notes, the end of this movie had me grinning like an idiot, because I went through that exact same, like, thought process, and then as soon as Redford, like, rolls over and smiles, I'm, like, seal clapping, like, on my couch, just, <laughs> 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 They did it! Like... Cause it's just, it's, well, it's so the,
2: fun.
1: It's it's the formula for every successful caper movie ever. For there to be some kind of surprising thing that happens at the end, and for me to still not see it coming was was amazing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. My Skype froze partway through, and then it like fast forwarded through everything you had been saying. But I think I got the general gist. <laughs>
1: You've been doing that all episode. Yes, to me. Yeah.
0: God, I'm so sorry. I I thought so that something might be going on. Hopefully the audio for this episode turns out. Alright, so let's go ahead and move into our letdown scenes. And I'll start us off. I think just the general once Once they decide they're going to run the con and run the wire on lawn again, and it's just a lot of Not actual progress on the con or development or anything like that, but it's just them talking about if they're going to do it and being like, hey, could we do this? I don't know. Could we do this? And all of that, it's not even like a specific scene, but there's a sequence within the movie where I I check out just a little bit and I'm like, all right, let's actually get to the con itself.
1: Yeah, I I agree. I mean, I do... Riley had mentioned earlier that he liked the pacing, and I think overall the pacing is good. Mm -hmm. But I I think in between the poker scene and uh, when they actually execute the final piece, that I think was a lot longer than I was expecting, Mm -hmm. like that period of time.
0: Yeah, and I I think mine was even before then. It was um, right after Luther dies and uh, Hooker meets Gondor for the first time. Right yeah, after that,
2: it, it does it does slow down right there,
0: and I think that's the. I don't think it would be as bad or stand out as much if the rest of this movie didn't just like rip along.
1: Yeah, it definitely gets uneven with its pacing in in certain spots for sure.
0: What about you guys? Do you do you have anything, or are we
2: just kind of all on board with some of that? Did you lose me there no I got you yeah I think I think just kind of a, a blend of those two opinions I I don't really have a lot of negative things to say about this movie so no
0: for sure it's it, I mean it's tough to come up with things'm I'm, I'm reaching for a lot of my things so let's move into our Jeremy Gleason MD award. The character or actor that did the most with the least, or who you wanted more of
2: in the movie. Oh yeah, I got this one. Same.
0: Um, I'm locked in on this one.
2: Yeah, give me Ray Wal- Ray Walston, uh, who runs the wire, uh, oh, is all, man. also plays Mister Hand in Fast Times, and also stars in Galaxy of Terror.
0: Oh my god, he does. I did not realize that.
2: Doesn't star I I shouldn't say star, but he is it's, he's, it's the, an ensemble he's the he's the main villain in Galaxy of Terror.
0: God, we need to review Galaxy of Terror. <laughs> <laughs> and for that reaction is the exact reason we should. We can do class of 1984 and Galaxy of Terror back to back. Oh my gosh. <laughs> If you want to just ruin your weekend. <laughs> All right, Jeff, how about you?
1: Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Jack Kehoe, who played. Um, hold on. Uh, Eerie Kid, which is the friend mm-hmm. of um, the two guys at the beginning. Um, and he's like, he's the guy who reminds us of William H. Macy. Yes. Um, I just thought he was, for him being, I don't know, the ninth or tenth biggest role in this movie like he shines in each one of his little spots Mm -hmm. um and i just thought he was he was so good in all his pieces he's in some other stuff i don't really know if i could place him um in who these roles are but he was in the game he's in the untouchables he was in serpico and he was in midnight run so i'm trying to figure out who he was
0: in midnight run oh yeah i i could not tell you
1: would he have been the lawyer it well, was Jerry Fleischer hold on now I'm trying to figure out
0: I feel like that's Dennis Farina's lawyer he could have been Well you look that up interrupt me when when you get it uh, but my my Jeremy Gleason award would have been Robert Earl Jones as a Luther because I thought Luther was phenomenal. The opening con with him, uh, him and Robert Redford, is so good.
2: Absolutely,
0: because I love. I mean, part of it is carried by Robert Redford, but the way that Jay or Robert Earl Jones that he switches from like the victim, oh you gotta help me, and to them like being in on the con afterwards is so good. It like. I I love him in an actor. I loved him in Sleepaway Camp, even though that's a much very different type of role. (laughs) But he just, he's fun to watch in whatever I've seen him in.
1: By the way, uh, Jerry Fletcher was the other half of the bail bondsman who was like double crossing. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Was that guy? The, The lawyer that you're thinking of is Philip Baker Hall. Who has um, been in tons of other stuff? Mm-hmm. He was in um, uh, Hard Eight as like the main guy. Okay. Um, yeah. So he's if you saw his face, you'd recognize him instantly. Yeah.
0: All right. Let's go ahead and move into our recommendations. Or who the hell is this for? So we are drafting heists or capers tonight. Jeff, since you're the heist guy.
1: Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, uh, we we have a couple caveats with this. We're not going to mention the Oceans movies, uh, and we're going to try to stay away from Heat and Thief as Michael Mann features, just because we talk about them all the time. So I do have a master list of heist caper movies that I'm working through on Letterboxd, Uh, There's 270 of them. I've only watched 60. Um, But if you are looking to kind of, you know, work through this, if you're a a Heist or Caper lover, I do have that list if you'd like to work through it.
0: Hell yeah. Since uh, you're the heist guy and you're the Caper guy, you're going to go last in these picks. Okay, Uh, fair. And since I'm the one deciding who goes, I'll go second. Riley, you can start us off.
2: Uh, fast Five, move on. <laughs> solid pick, Riley. How many of
0: yours are going to be Fast and
2: Furious movies? <laughs> uh, just that one, okay. I think.
0: <laughs> All right, Ty. Yes. What's What's your pick? I am going to go with. I'm going to take Baby Driver while it's still on the. Board. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. Okay. Good pick. Solid. Solid. I thought you would probably pick that one. Mm-hmm. I thought that was up your alley. Um, I'm gonna go with one of my favorites of all time. Um, the uh, it's got a Daniel Craig feature. Um, there are two movies I could be talking about, oh. but the one I'm, the one I'm talking about first is Layer Cake. Ooh, uh, okay. L- Layer Cake is is legitimately one of my favorite movies. Um, it has got all the elements of like the Double Cross, you know what I mean? I'm trying not to give away too much. It also has um, uh, Michael Gambon, who is Dumbledore, um, playing a very non-Dumbledore role. Um, There's lots of, like, pills being sold and uh, stealing and things like that. So, it it is fantastic. Definitely worth the watch. And that one is, I believe, streaming on Amazon Prime.
0: Fantastic. Riley, your second pick.
2: I'm going to go with let's see. I'm going to go with the Italian job.
1: Damn it. Oh. Solid pick.
0: That's that's how you pick an Ocean's movie without picking an Ocean's movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's man. Fair. That was going to be my next pick. So give me a second here. I... I'll make a case for this one. I'm going to go with "A Colt is My Passport, the 60s Japanese noir movie. It's more of a caper and more of a Yakuza-like crime movie, but it's very layered and people turning on each other and a guy just trying to get out of the country and it feels very much it, it has the same vibes and it if you like this movie especially um being made in the 70s set in the 30s some of that period piece a few noir elements here and there not necessarily in this thing but just the the general like type of drama that it sets up i i think i can make a case for a cult as my passport So Jeff, your All second right. pick. While I figure out uh, what my <laughs> third pick is going to be, uh,
1: my second pick is I'm I'm not going to talk about. Well, I don't want to bring that up in case it's one
0: of your other picks, but I'm going hey, with Lock it, Stock. You can take it if you want. No, oh no, no my I'm going go with I Lock stock and and two Smoking one. Barrels. Oh my god! Now Riley's going to take the other movie. Son of <laughs> God! <laughs> I don't oh know. my so. god! I should have thought of it. So,
1: Lockstock in and, and Two Smoking Barrels oh. is a Guy Ritchie movie. Uh, <laughs> um, it's got a lot of very good characters that are also in another very good Guy Ritchie movie. Um, but Lock, Stock and Tea Smoking Barrels is is Guy Ritchie like boiled down to a science. Like it's got eight different groups all trying to do the same thing, all like overlapping one another, all trying to steal something. It's also a very interesting commentary on like how hard it is to get a gun in the UK, which I did not know before watching this movie as a teenager. And I was like, I don't understand this complication. It's easy for anyone. To yeah, get man, guns. that's a five-minute
0: like, oh. movie in America.
1: <laughs> Anyways, uh, that is up there as, as
2: one of my favorites. Uh, one of my f- favorites. Uh, I'll stick with that theme. I'm going to go with The Town. Oh, man. Very solid. Everyone just ripping their Boston accents. Very good accents. Having a good time.
0: I think the record will show that nobody does a bad accent and everybody does a good accent in that movie.
1: (laughs) Yep. I would argue maybe, besides The Hurt Locker, Jeremy Renner's best movie.
0: Yeah. I'm
2: trying to think of other Jeremy Renner movies.
0: Uh, Hannibal... Um Yeah, he was Hannibal Lecter. In the the Red Dragon sequel, Hannibal. In that line of movies, I believe. Jeremy Renner, Hawkeye? Yes. Really? I'm almost certain. Okay. Because I remember reading an interview that like he said the role really like messed him up. <laughs> uh, anyway, For uh, my third pick, I'm going to go with the movie, because I forgot that this was a heist movie. Looks like I'm due for a rewatch. I'm going to go with the movie that got me banned from the digital shelf video rental store in Manhattan, Kansas. And that is Drive, starring Ryan Gosling.
1: (laughs) That's a very solid one. Yeah.
0: I I need to revisit that one.
1: That whole movie is like, is it? I like a movie that's built around a vibe first, and then figures 100%. out the plot later. I mean,
0: I would I would say Michael Mann is in top five for both of our favorite directors, which that's pretty much how he makes movies.
1: Right? He's like, this is going to be a Chicago mobster with uh, some guitar licks vibe, and like, then he's just like, we'll figure out the plot yeah. later. Like, that's what we're gonna do.
0: Yeah, and then. He'll he'll also you know throw out all right I want a lot of color give me some blue give me some weird seventies music and uh, mm, we'll throw and Brian
2: out, Cranston
0: Brian Cranston we'll put a tiger <laughs> in here oh oh what's that there's a book about a serial killer sure yeah let's go with that and then you got Manhunter.
1: Whose turn is it? <laughs> I think it's yours. Jeff, it's to you.
0: <laughs> okay, is this, this, this is is number the last, three? This is, yeah, we're ending this and doing okay. ratings.
1: All right, I'm doing my last, but I'm going to throw in some some fun ones. So I think um, the greatest heist scene of all time, in my opinion, is in Mission Impossible. yeah. Uh, I don't know if you can call the entire movie a heist or caper movie. I don't think so because it happens like in the middle. But is it one of the best heist scenes of all time? 100% yes. Um, I have two uh, honorable mentions that we didn't talk about um, that I saw recently. So I saw triple nine this last like two weeks ago. Have you either of you seen Triple Nine yet? No, but I just no. put
0: together that I thought you were talking about Triple Frontier this whole time, and I'm like, man, that's oh. quite a pick for Jeff to stump for.
1: I actually also like Triple Frontier I do too. But
0: Okay. But do you not like Triple Frontier? I haven't watched it. Just didn't didn't catch me. I think you would like it
1: more than you would think. Okay. I think it might be more up your alley than you think. Okay. It's, it, it's like a very specifically an ensemble.
0: Okay. Movie. And I think what turned me off was it just seemed like every other movie that like this. Uh, there's a very specific formula of movie that I feel like most recently they just did with uh, that Michael B. Jordan, Tom Clancy movie without remorse. that just came out i feel like that mm. vibe of movie that's what i got from triple frontier just from the promo stuff in the trailers okay no it's I, yeah no it's way
1: more of a heist and then survival movie okay
0: dope I then
1: like then like espionage thriller i will watch it i'm in
0: i'm in yeah it's, anyways back to triple nine yeah Yeah. Well, <laughs> tell me about this Come, movie that i know nothing about apparently
1: <laughs> Triple Nine is... It's got a great cast. This is another... Uh, what I also love about a heist or a caper movie is it's very rarely about one person. It is almost always about a crew of eight to ten people, and that can be comprised of villains as well. But, like, it's its always a way to show off all these different um, players. So listen to this cast. Uh, Cheech of uh Casey Affleck, Anthony Mackie. In a movie where I don't hate Anthony
0: Mackie, which is pretty good... Um, oh, oh my Woody. God! What? I should have scrapped one of my movies for pain and gain. Oh
1: yeah, that, now we'll, we'll let you we'll do talk that. about retroactively. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, fourth billing: Woody Harrelson, Aaron Paul, Kate Winslet as a rob Russian mobster, and <laughs> completely. <laughs> I heard that too. <laughs> as a but that would have been great, but Kate Winslet as a Russian mobster in like a very believable role. Like, I'm so su- like not. It's a little. I mean, Russian accents are can be cartoonish. Okay, so uh, but, like actually nails like the like the the veiled threat kind of okay. Russian mobster okay, so
0: type of thing. We're we're all familiar with uh, Russia and Russian accent, so but I I can't place it here on a scale. So my zero or my one. My one is John Malkovich in Rounders on Russian accents, <laughs> and my ten is—I uh, don't know. Let's go with um, Kenneth Branagh in Tenet. That's a ten quality Russian accent, right?
2: I got to be honest. I don't even remember. I hardly remember it, Tenet at this point.
0: It's a bit. Tenet came out Russian on HBO. Okay. <laughs> Tenet came out on HBO Max this week, and I just remembered that, and I wanted to get one more dig in before we got out of here. <laughs> I hate Tenet. Okay. God damn.
1: Okay. 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 Anyways, Triple Nine is a group of criminals, and like, there's like corrupt cops who are supposed to be investigating the heists, but they're like also heist members. Uh, and anyways, it's really fucking good. Has a great first scene, and then there's a lot of like, like repercussions of the heist and stuff and then the last one i'm going to stump for i've already stumped for in past but if you you most people have probably not heard of it and if they did not hear that episode probably have not heard of it either um time to hunt came up in our year end oh, yeah. episode for 2020 is that the which korean was the one Cor- it's the korean one on netflix it's like it's like three hours long Um, And so the first hour and a half is like a heist movie, and then the rest is like a John Wick cat and mouse. And it is like, it is fucking great. And I like really want someone else to watch it and tell me if I'm insane for thinking it's so great, or if it's actually good.
0: I will for sure watch that. Also, just thought of something else that's on Netflix. Um, Jeff, I don't know if you've heard of this one. Riley, I know for sure has heard of this one, but Demon Slayer is on Netflix. (laughs) Um, Demon Slayer, Jeff. I would for sure. Is that, uh, is
2: that a quick watch?
0: It's a very quick watch. <laughs> it's a very uh very easy lift. I believe if somebody calculated the runtime, I think it comes out to under <laughs> eight hours of your time.
2: Wow, that's that's very manageable. Very I very feel like manageable, I easy. I can definitely put down what do. What, I'm, what else? I'm you watching. What, I'll tell you what. If you watch Layer
1: Cake and Time to Hunt, I will make an attempt to watch. The oh website. no,
0: hold on! I make an attempt you're putting two movies on me and you're giving me make an attempt and you're putting two movies on, you're putting two movies on Riley too. So that's the whole season, which means you better watch the whole season.
2: At least watch through episode 20.
0: Yes. Oh my God. (laughs) No, but I mean, really it's episode 19 that sets the stage for the entire series going forward, but watch it all. Can I just watch episode 19? No, because it won't mean anything. No, it won't
2: make any sense.
0: <laughs> I will give you I, w- I will give you the bare minimum though, minimum that you have to watch. Uh that eight percent beer is getting on top of me a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, watch a demon slay. We're gonna this podcast is gonna continue for another hour and it's gonna be me and Riley <laughs> Getting you actually, you know what? Hey, let's pull up a Netflix party. And Jeff, you're not allowed to log off till we watch through at least three episodes of Demon Slayer on the podcast.
2: I would be down to watch three episodes. I know,
0: I would too, actually. That's less than an hour.
2: So this has been (laughs) Oh no, we
0: haven't rated. We haven't rated. Okay. Fine. I'll move to ratings if you promise me tonight when we get done you go watch episode one of Demon Slayer.
1: We'll give it a shot.
0: Captive audience. No, give me your word.
1: <laughs> Cut your finger and Swear wipe
0: it on, on your the carriage. camera.
2: <laughs> I, will, I will watch episode one. Okay. I will watch and episode one. And if you don't, Tyler with, and I get the deed to your house.
0: Yes. <laughs> I would love a vacation home.
1: <laughs> In sunny Overland, Park, Kansas.
0: <laughs> right by my work. <laughs> That's where you want your vacation home to be. All right, we'll we'll talk offline, but we're all watching episode one together tonight. Let's move to ratings, Riley. What did you give this movie?
2: Um, I think this movie. I I really loved this movie. Um, and then came to find out that my grandparents also really loved this movie. <laughs> um, it's a hard nine for me. Yeah. Wow! I had a great time with it.
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna follow up there. Uh, also a hard nine for me too. There are a few things that kind of held me back wow. a bit, but I think so much of it comes from the the quality of the writing, the different layers of the story, and then just phenomenal character work by some incredible, super charismatic actors. Very hard nine for me. Also. I think Catherine's dad and uncle are huge fans of this movie.
1: I'm very surprised. I really like this movie, but I'm surprised I have it lower than you guys. I have it as an eight.
0: Oh man, I wish
1: you're loading it up like as like a six and yeah. a half. <laughs> Well, generally, I'm high on the heist caper side. Yeah. So, oh, so that's a low for Jeff. Lower this is
0: a one on Jeff's heist caper scale. Because <laughs> <laughs> those all fall 8 to 10. <laughs> <laughs> all right. This has been another episode of Who the Hell is This For? Jack, thank you so much for listening. Or... <laughs> I I fell into my old thing. Thank you so much for the suggestion. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Uh, If you haven't, go ahead and give A to Z Horror a listen. They're a phenomenal podcast. I would say they're friends of the show at this point. Uh, Very, very great podcast, and basically who we've stolen our entire bit from. Um, Hope everybody has enjoyed this episode, and we will see you again, uh, let's call it two weeks.